Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 112, coming at you from the Mean Your True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host producer Eric Fisher, the Big E. Joining me in person this week, have a full studio actually for once, in the first time in a while. Shauna, how are you doing? Secretary Shauna. What's up? I'm doing great. Also joining us, member of the Highway 22 crew. <laughs> you good? I forgot how to do this. It's been a while. Uh, also joining us, member of the Highway 22 crew, we've got Sean Klosterman. How are you doing, buddy? Doing good. How are you? Doing fantastic. So, Sean, we have recorded for quite a while already tonight. Yes, we have. Um, we have a, an interview coming up with Mason Sprangers, our Packers and Scouting World expert. Which will drop at some point, um, maybe at the end of this episode, or maybe its own episode entirely. We'll talk about that here and talk to him and talk some more sports. As we get through the episode, as always, got to talk about our partners. First off, this weekend, big weekend for Raging Pro Wrestling RPW. RPW Extravaganza 2 at the Watering Hole in Green Bay. Bell time, I believe, is 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock, excuse me. Yep. Uh, doors open at five. We will be sponsoring the cruiserweight championship. We will not be there. Tickets were sold in almost Ooh. record time um, for our four seats that we had available. The buyers of those tickets, which I did not get their names, but they will be presenting the winner of that cruiserweight championship with the belt like we typically have been. So there are tickets still available. You can even get some general admission at the door. Saturday night, April 29th at the Watering Hole. Be sure to check them out. Also, our friends over at RaiseEnergyRepSports.com, code ROOT, 4-R-O-O-T, number 4, 15% off any order for RepSports.com, which leads us right into the episode. Let's talk sports and stuff right away. We're going to talk about what we had rooted for. That is brought to you by Fanatics, over 300-plus powered stores. And as you may or may not know, we are in the heart of of the NHL and NBA playoffs. And that is brought to you by hashtag 2023 playoff fanatics. Yes, Sean. Nothing. Keep going. You're good. No, what do you got? What do you got? You two are laughing. What do you got? No, I, I, was, I was trying to do a mock draft and I, it kicked <laughs> me out of it. So it clicked out. You guys have both struggled with that. I, I don't know. My thumb just starts scrolling. I got, I got too big quick. fingers. My thumb just starts scrolling too quick because I get excited. Yeah. So hashtag. Then you, hit the, then you hit the wrong thing and it kicks you right out. And it's usually not. It's usually when you're about done. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that sixth round, seventh yeah. round. And that again, hashtag 2023 playoffs fanatic. Which one you two wants to go first this week? What you had rooted for? Uh, <laughs> I'm rooting for the Bucks. It's been rough. It has. But that's why they need us to root for them. So go Bucks. <laughs> did we get Giannis back yet? Yeah, I, he played game four. He did, and we still lost. Yeah. Jimmy Butler had an, like a Herculean effort and had like 57 oh. points or something like that. So what's and the record? The three. Bucks are down three to one, so they got to win out for the, season, uh, the oh, series. Oh, bollocks. Bollocks. Okay, right. that's what I'm rooting for, Bucks. Sean, what do you got for us? Is it what we what, what we, had, we had rooted for? I'm I'm confused because I feel like we started but backwards today. 
what we had rooted for. What we had rooted for. So what we had rooted for in the last week. Well, we had my bachelor party this last weekend. Woo! We did indeed have that. And that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. What did we do, Sean? Can you tell us a little bit about? <laughs> we went paintballing, which Eric had a lot of fun paintballing, especially on the Bachelor run. I had a blast up until the Bachelor run. Why did you not have fun on the Bachelor run, Eric? Because I'm slow and I'm a big target. And people suck. <laughs> we showed my parents that video on Sunday, and both my mom and dad were in tears. <laughs> I was too, but for a different reason. <laughs> so for those so for those that funny. don't know, oh. uh, when there's a bachelor party, when you go paintballing, they do what's called the bachelor run, and it's basically anybody who's ever been there. It felt like there were three bachelor parties, right? So it was forty and, and then, some guys, and then one one of the ladies that runs it. It was her birthday, so she did it too. Yeah, but she's a trooper because she lost her shoe she and did. kept going. <laughs> she did. So um, so yeah, you basically. You have everybody line up on one line, and we line up on the other end, the best man and the groom. Apparently, I was the only best man that got volunteered. Thanks, Austin. I was going to do it anyway, but... No, you weren't. I was. I was. But... If somebody would have offered to take the bullets for you, would you have said, yeah? No, I would have done it. No, you wouldn't have. I would have gone... <laughs> okay, okay. Looking back, would you have? Yeah, I still would have. I would have gone through the horrors of war with my... My with best your friend. best friend. Oh, so that's what we're doing for years? So you can do it again? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what I said. I said to my dad, my dad was like, oh, we should, I got to see that live. We, we got <laughs> to do that again. That no, because <laughs> if we do that for my bachelor party, I'm doing it the other way around. Your bachelorette party? My bachelor party. That's what I said. Oh, I thought you said bachelorette party. How are you going to do it the other way? What they offer. So, no. So was... they offer you two options and Sean chose the one that involved him getting the pain. <laughs> they give you the option. To either you run and 40 people shoot at you or 40 people run and you have two guns shooting at them. I wonder why you didn't choose that option. Because that sounds dumb. Oh. I don't know. I mean, you could have shot your guys. Us girls. He would have still got shot. No, I would have been on The Bachelor. No, you would have it. It would have just been me. I and, who, and who am I going to go for? Mark. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would still take my odds on that. Oh, look at his bruises. You can still see them all over his arms. That's been a couple. Are you days. still bruised? I got a bruise. I got a bruise on my leg. I got one on my chest, and that's about it. He's, I have them got, all over. He's got these little welts everywhere, but that's because you. <laughs> can we post that video? No. Oh, yeah, we can. That, we can. I'll post the video to the oh to the Facebook gosh. page. That is, it's so funny, Eric. It was indeed kind of comical. I'm gonna have PTSD though from like that pop 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 so pop 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 pop. Because honest to God, you know, I was just trying not to fall because one of the guys <laughs> with us, his name's Austin. He had said that when he was on his, he fell and everybody aims at him. It was a very wet day. There was standing water everywhere. I was trying not to trip. So. So you run behind a truck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think you made it to the end. I did not. <laughs> I didn't have to. You didn't have to because everybody else was dying before he even got past. Yeah, oh and it was God. still 40 on one. It didn't matter. It's so funny because the video goes quiet and you don't hear anything. And all of a sudden, Eric appears out of the I bits. Pop, 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 p
you can see Mark. Mark was the one videotaping. You can see him just his barrel yeah. comes back up. And he's yeah. just going. So uh, that was so Sean's funny. bachelor party. Half of Sean. Yeah. Sean's then bachelor then party. we went back to my house. Had gri- grilled out on the grill and had some brats and burger. No, we didn't have burgers. We had brats and pasta salad and a few things and a few beers. And then then we went to Riverwood and went axe throwing, which was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that was. It's a very interesting concept. It, it really is. More um, than I thought it was going to be. Were you good at it? Yeah. Were yeah. you good at it? I'd yeah. say so. Oh, okay. After cool. you got the hang of it, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. No, th- honest to God, that's one thing that the internet makes look a lot harder than it is. Yeah. What happens if you don't throw it far enough? Because I don't know if that I've had like, what do you enough mean? oomph. It's 15 feet. Yeah. So that's like what? I don't know. So that's like, like from, from here to, to the, the door. T- yeah. They're not that heavy. No. Oh, oh! So they're not like no, they're they're not full axes. They're like they're hatchets. hatchets. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're I hatchets. think I could throw a hatchet. I think you could as well because it's only got to spin one time. Oh, okay. that's what the guy was saying. As long as you get it to spin over one time, and you got to throw it as almost as hard as you can to get it to spin. Oh, okay. All right. He says that usually women throw two hands instead of one. I'll throw with one hand. There was a couple bounce backs, so it got a little, a little dicey. Sketchy, Do they come back at you? Like if you, if, it, if you hit it like where the it it hits on the bottom of the hatchet, and they oh. were rubber rubber ones, so they oh. they hit just perfect. And or like the the back of the hatchet, mm-hmm. like the metal part, oh. can kind of bounce back a little bit. Wow. Um, Carolyn's cousins, one of them like splintered a board really. Bad. I was trying to take pictures mm. for Carolyn, and one of them splintered really bad and had to like duck. But, <laughs> Besides that, very safe, very fun. A lot more, like I said, a lot different than I expected mm-hmm. it to be, but in a really good way. So right. nice. I would take that as my root four as well. Yay. Which leads us from the positives to the negatives. We go Tower Hero and Nogi of the Week. And I'm going to take Sean's. Oh, because Sean forgot? Yeah, because it looks like Sean forgot. Yeah. And that being the WWE right now. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, WWE has unveiled a new world heavyweight championship belt and i get the concept of it is to kind of have a title on each brand but it feels like a consolation prize it's just dumb and it looks dumb. and it looks like the old 10 pound of gold belts if you will yeah but why with did a they big just, w in the middle why did mm. they just bring back the big gold belt i missed the big gold belt yeah dumb so but yeah definitely Definitely very lackluster. And again, it just feels really anticlimactic. You wasted Sami Zayn's moment. You wasted Cody Rhodes' moment at WrestleMania. And now you're going to have a random new belt, basically, instead of splitting the ones that you have that have a little bit of meaning to them. But as long as you give it to like Seth Rollins or somebody like that, I wouldn't think it would be so bad. But yeah. Anyway, so that's Noogie of the Week. Sean, do you have an extra one or no? Um. Besides Wisconsin sports right now, which has just been a right, shit week. Right. That um His glove is blue. Can can we can we go with the Brewers front office? We can certainly go with the Brewers front office. I'm because I in my opinion, I don't think they got enough in the trade. I don't like the pick swap. The Packers. Yes. Not the Brewers. Yeah. You said the Brewers. No, I didn't. You said the Brewers. You were very, and I did was I? like, since when did the Brewers make a trade? Yeah, I was very oh, curious. My bad. <laughs> While we're watching the Brewers, maybe it was on my mind. 
But I don't think the Packers got enough in the trade to give away our MVP quarterback for as long as it took. I thought it was going to be. I'm hoping the financials will make make up for it. Right. They'll, they'll take on a little bit or more so the salary than. That is the, the but, ultimate puzzler. Um, I, I do got to agree. I think the, the trade, and I'll, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more later yeah. in the episode, but I do agree that. If they were able to avoid the pick swap, I think I'd be happy. Because I right. do like the second-round pick. I'm okay with the sixth-round pick, and I'm okay with that conditional pick for next year that's either a second or a first. I think that all makes a lot of sense. I don't quite get swapping from 13 to 15. I think that kind of negates the whole purpose of making a big trade. Right. I think you you know if you're going to trade away a four-time MVP, granted in the twilight of their career, I think you want 13 and 15 to kind of rebuild but or it, I, f- I feel like if it was like six seven sure and you traded from 15 up up to that and I w- swap i would totally be fine with that but to only get two picks two picks hired i don't know i i will add in i if the big hang-up was the two first round pick side of things i would have been very okay and this is something that i had heard um from a good friend of mine shout out to dale a uh, former coworker of mine, but he had mentioned if you really want to make a conditional first round pick, and if that was a big hang up of is that conditional portion, why not make it a 2025 first round pick if he plays the 2024 season? Right. Or play, you know, if he returns after 2023, because if it's a one year rental, I, I do understand the jets being hesitant to basically give the farm for a one year rental that gives them probably the sixth best quarterback in the AFC and you're still not even the odds-on favorite to win your own division. Right. I get that. I, I get, you know, the hesitancy, but I also don't get, again, that swap. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially if that's a first-round pick. And if, if Aaron's as good as you expect him to be at, for the Jets, that's basically a second-round pick. Right. So unless you're – Because he's got to play, what, 65? 65% of snaps this season, which – Barring major injury, which could, I guess could kind of go with the retirement angle, isn't completely unheard of by any means. No. I mean, that that probably is a pretty attainable number. Um, so that's my that's a good noogie as well. Shauna, you got one? Anything negative? A noogie? Uh, cold weather. <laughs> go away. I'm done. At least be like 55 every day. That's it. Fair enough. Very simple. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So with that, Shauna, actually, you're back up on this. So you have our What's Weird Web Story of the Week for Wisconsin. I do. And that is something that you had pointed out and you were very excited to talk about. Mm-hmm. In the pre-show meeting. I do. Let me pull it up here. This story is out of Portage County. Um, and it says it's titled, I've got a bobcat in my car. Um, so deputies in central Wisconsin County had their hands full when they rescued a bobcat that was trapped in the front grill of a vehicle on Tuesday. I have a bobcat in my car is what a Portage County dispatcher received when the call was, and the call was legitimate. Um, so basically what they did was the, um, the deputies responded and this is, as you can imagine the shock they were in when lo and behold, there was a bobcat in the vehicle. 
uh, the deputies were good at solving problems. Um, so they called in the conservation warden and they got the bobcat out. Um, you can see in the body cam footage, the bobcat like flies out of the, oh, the car. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a full size bobcat. So resting in the front grill of a of the car in Portage County. So check your cars, people. He was 30 pounds. The That's bob- a big cat. The bobcat. Yeah. So 30 pound bobcat in the guy's car. So if you park your cars outside at night, check your cars, my friends. It was just hanging out in the Yeah, it wasn't yeah. He hit it. Oh, it was I was thinking chill- he was hit it. No. That, that's what I was going to say. He was just chilling in the car. He, and- like, it must have, like, nestled itself up into the front grill. Oh, it's cool enough. So, yeah. Guy probably just got home from getting home from the bar and. Yeah. <laughs> I had a bobcat in his car. Yep. So, check your. Check your grills, my friends. And this story does have a happy ending, as Shauna mentioned. It, oh, yeah. They returned the, him to the wild. He was able to return to the nice. wild fully healthy. Uh, nice. Was not injured. No humans injured either. Yeah. Nice. But the the one picture, the body cam footage of it, like, flying out of the car. Is, yeah, like, leapt. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So, anyway. Only in Wisconsin. I Yeah, I guess. I heard it on the radio the other day, and uh, I was like, I got our story. <laughs> no homework needed. All right, so no draft this week as we have plenty of NFL draft to talk yep. about. Uh, but, Shauna, do you have NFL draft trivia for us? We do have draft trivia. We do. It's going to be very quick. Um, there isn't a whole lot of draft trivia out there, as you can imagine. There is a game, though, that I'd like to play at some point where, like, it's one of those, like, rapid-fire games where you have, like, it times you, and you have to guess, like, you, you name all of the, um, like, first-round quarterbacks picked from the time the draft started to like now and then we could do like you answer one you answer one you answer one and see who gets more kind of thing that'd be kind of fun okay um but we're not doing that today we're doing just straight up trivia so um i do have multiple choice answers but i'm not going to give them to you unless i feel like it (laughs) you must listen to the whole question before you answer to be eligible for the point that's you okay um so Question number one. one. Also, you must buzz in with your name. Question number one. In what year was the first NFL draft held? Eric, 1952. No. Sean, 1962. No. Do you want to guess another round or do you want to? One more guess. Uh, Eric, 1941. No. Sean, 1949. No. Okay, so here are your multiple choice options. Nineteen six. Just quick, we had to listen to the full. You need to listen okay. to all four options. Weren't you listening when she started? I'm sure. Nineteen sixty-seven, nineteen thirty-six, nineteen fifty-eight, and nineteen forty-eight. Sure. Nineteen thirty-six. It is nineteen thirty-six. Very good. Okay, number two. Which college has produced the most draft picks in NFL history? Eric, Alabama. No. Sean Notre Dame. That is correct. It's a good guess. Number three, which of the following schools has not had a number one overall pick since 2000? You got to give us what? a school. <laughs> oh, the following. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, we just got to guess. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, Florida State, Georgia, Penn State, Bama. Eric Penn State. No. Sean Bama. Yes. Wait, what? It's Bama. What was the question? Which of the following schools has not had a number one overall pick since 2000? Really? 
Yep. Who's Penn State? Yeah, who what? Google it. I don't know. Because Florida State was Jameis. Yep. Um, who's the second one? Georgia, Georgia was, was the dude Trayvon Walker. Right? Trayvon. And, and probably Stafford. He was number one overall, wasn't he? Oh yeah. Stafford. Can't think of who Penn State would be. I don't know. Look it up. I, I am just looking up. I just took the trivia quiz. I'm gonna, I'm kind of challenging that. All right, challenge. Well, challenge it then. What? I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Ha- maybe they had one, not between 2000 and now. Maybe theirs was earlier. Woohoo! Rowdy. Yeah. With a HR. Or did you find it or not? No, I'm still looking. Okay. Can we move on? I suppose. Okay. Which of the which of the following players was not selected number one overall? Are you ready? Sure. Jake Long, Carson Palmer, Mario Williams, Calvin Johnson. Sean Here. Calvin Johnson. Fuck. And it was Courtney Brown, a defensive end by the Cleveland Browns in 2000. Suck it. That's why we didn't know. How many QBs were drafted before future Hall of Famer Dan Marino in 1983? On three. No. Eric, five. That is correct. Eric gets his first point. It is four to one. We've got four questions left. Which of the following QBs was not a member of the famed class of 1983? Todd Blackledge, Tony Eason, Boomer EA, Esizen, and Ken O'Brien. Which one of those was not? Eric B. Tony Eason? Sure. That is incorrect. Sean Boomer. That is correct. Damn it. Which of the following QBs was not selected before Tom Brady in the 2000 draft? Um, T. Martin, Spurgeon Wynn, and Todd Husak. I'm going to go Sean Spurgeon Wynn. That is incorrect. Eric Husak. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which of the following QBs went undrafted? Rich Gannon, Bart Starr, Roger Staubach, and Tony Romo. Sean Eric Romo. Yeah. That is correct. Sean was Sean buzzed in first. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm losing. Sean, you gotta points. get Sean, you gotta get the next two right. I you no, he does. One. Eric has I'm to in the lead. Eric has to get the next two right. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, which is still the, gonna lose. Right. Exactly. Which which of the following teams has never picked number one overall in the NFL draft? Dallas Cowboys, Denver Broncos, Green Bay Packers, Eric Pittsburgh. Green. Excuse me, Sean. Can you? I'll let you finish the question. The Dallas Cowboys, the Denver Broncos, the Green Bay Packers, or the Pittsburgh Steelers? Sean, the Green Bay Packers. That is incorrect. Oh, Sean, Pittsburgh Steelers. That is also incorrect. Fine, I get two guesses. (laughs) No, you interrupted me. I don't get to not guess. Is it the Denver Broncos? That is correct. What the fuck? You had to listen to the whole question. Yeah, so I were, did. You were breaking the rules. He gets to do whatever. He has to get three guesses out of four. Yes, Why not? Did. Why? You, did, you, you didn't let her finish the question. You didn't follow the rules. Last question. Which team has picked number one overall a league high four times in the past 25 years? Sean Cleveland Browns. That is correct. Sean wins this week. <laughs> Seven to three. Which puts our overall, I believe, Sean is now taking the lead with three to two. Four to two, actually. Oh, four to two. Ooh. Better. Ooh. That was bullshit. 
I am mad about that one. Last week or last time we did trivia, I was not I, mad because I lost fair and square. I thought, did, oh, you no. lost fair and square this time too. I did not. Didn't I, the Denver Broncos take John Elway? No, they did not. He was drafted by Baltimore. Was he, uh, the Colts. Okay. okay. That's that's the guy that was in my head for the for Denver Broncos. That's why I wasn't thinking it was them. I know the Packers had a number one probably back a while ago. <clears throat> I would assume so. Since we don't know. Are you angry, Eric? I'm a little upset. Yeah, that was a ridiculous way to handle that question. Okay. <laughs> Step off. It's fine. I still would have lost, I think. I don't know how you, you got You definitely seven, would have lost. Because I had to get two right, but whatever. No, because if you would have got those two right, then it would have been five to five, and I would have been forced to do my quick, fast money question. Okay. So, and I don't have a fast money question, so thank God. Fair enough. Oh, Paul Horning. That's right. All right, let's keep her moving, boys. And Randy Duncan. Duncan. Like the donuts? <laughs> no, like Timmy. Timmy Duncan? Basketball player. Oh. Like, is that where the dunk came from? <laughs> no. No, that's, okay. that's where Duncan Donuts came from. <laughs> We had video on this show. The look on her face, really? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> All right. So we got uh, Bucks, Brewers, Badgers have their spring seat uh, practices going on, and a whole lot of movement on that front. Um, the Green Bay Phoenix continue to bring in prospects, uh, have signed, I believe, four or five new players to their 2023 roster, uh, really highlighted by the or acquisition is not the right word, but the the signing of the young man from Illinois who was have led the state in scoring this past season. Um, so lots of commitments coming into the Green Bay Phoenix, and very excited uh, for that team as we continue to talk about them again. Once again, huge shout out to Coach uh, Sunny Wicks for joining us on the Back to the Roots show a couple weeks back. Um, loved having him on. Just love watching the program he's putting together. Just kind of seeing some of the stuff that he's got kind of coming together. So shout out to Coach Wicks and the Phoenix. As mentioned, Badger football continues to kind of build up. Um, not a whole lot kind of coming out other than the defense looks really good once again. Um, and with that, that brings us into the... Well, actually, let's talk a little playoff hockey. So... Oh. Uh, first and foremost, we've got the Green Bay Gamblers in back in the Clark Cup playoffs for the first time since 2018. The Gamblers currently are trailing four to two, or excuse me, five to two. That one just came in uh, to Dubuque in the Fighting Saints. If the Gamblers would lose tonight, it would go to a pivotal winner-take-all game three. In the first round, that game would be at the Rush tomorrow night, Wednesday night. So I guess mm -hmm. tonight, technically, uh, when this episode releases. So, so we're going? We may have to. Um, but the Gamblers in action as we speak. Also, we had a request last week to talk a little Milwaukee Admirals hockey. And admittedly, Who don't know. That? One of our Facebook uh, people on the Wisconsin 24-7 sports uh, page. Oh, fun. Nice. But the Milwaukee Admirals are the affiliates 
of the National Predators playing in the American Hockey League, the kind of like the AAA of hockey. The get they get underway in the playoffs in three days. First game will get, be against the Manitoba Moose. Ooh, or that's, that's actually game fun. three, excuse me. Manitoba Moose for game three. That'd be a fun mascot. Um, first home playoff game. I don't know. I don't think this is ever, but first home playoff game in quite some time uh, for the Milwaukee Admirals coming up. Wow. <clears throat> so wow. plenty to look forward to there. <laughs> Can I help you? No, keep wow. going. You guys are wow. just so James. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. I wanted to stay in at the start, but I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, you went too quick today. <laughs> right. So they're playing for the Calder Cup. The Calder, not the Stanley? The, the Cauldron? Calder. Does oh. it look like the Stanley? I'd assume it probably looks a little similar. Like, Stan- like Stanley from Cars? No, like Stanley from my drinking cup. Uh... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that's correct. Stanley so, from Cars. So it looks like your Stanley drinking cup? Yeah. I think so. Oh, okay. That's what the Stanley cup is, right? Sure. When I, A fun story. When I first asked Eric, said to Eric, I wanted a Stanley cup for Christmas, he literally pulled up on Amazon, like, yeah, the, I, the hockey Stanley that. cup. And he's like, why do you want this? And I'm like, I want a Stanley. I, I'm just saying, like, you you bring this up. I had no idea that that was a brand of cup. It's a trend. Be a yeah. trendsetter. Yeah, so it's you're not a trendsetter. You're a trend follower. Wow. In this case, <laughs> <laughs> you're not a trendsetter either. I didn't say I was, but I'm just saying, like, uh, it was a big TikTok thing this this fall and going into Christmas. How do you think you say that guy's last name? Pamps. Pamps. Pyomps. Pyomps. I'm just saying, like, you're a dick. I, I would have gotten them probably the Stanley Cup itself, like the actual little mini cup. He was going to get me a keychain. <laughs> I don't even like hockey that much. You got really excited about the the Avalanche last year, though, in the Stanley Cup championship. The Avalanche. Colorado Avalanche. Cause they oh, play, yeah, I did like them. Because they play Blink-182 after they win. Yes. Small wow. things. That's crazy. What do they play at the end? Uh, furniture. That's the song. All the small things. Yeah, they played. Uh, so you got really big into the Colorado Avalanche last year. Yeah, I did. So that's that's why I thought you wanted a Stanley Cup, like the Stanley Cup NHL. Okay, are we moving on? Yeah, we can move on. Okay. Uh, last year the Admirals broke an eleven-year drought. For the Calder Cup playoffs this year, they're back at it again, looking for revenge. The nice. Calder Cup. Does it look like a Harry Potter cauldron? What did you ever look up? What it looks like? No, I figured you guys had it under wraps, and I didn't have to. My phone is yeah, laying on did, the table. Did, you were the only one on your phone, right? Well, I didn't think you guys cared because you guys always make fun of me. You were fubbing us. We make fun of you for everything. So it does look a little is... bit like the Stanley Cup. Not, not Let's really. See. It's tiered. Okay. It's oh, got so, the so trophy like, on top. So it looks like a NASCAR NASCAR trophy. Yeah, that's a good that's a good assertion. Um, which takes us staying in the city of Milwaukee. The Brewers underway tonight um, have dropped the last two games. Not looking good to for the, tonight. To the Detroit Lions. Tigers. Tigers. Bears. Oh my. <laughs> the Detroit Tigers. 
Uh, the Detroit Tigers, by the way, came into tonight's game hitting a combined 210 team average, team batting average, and have played T ball with Eric Lauer. Mm-hmm. Are we just like in our rut already? Yep. Like it's we're we're like kind of injured. Um, Garrett Mitchell likely out for the season. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> hurt his shoulder last week, sliding into third in extra innings. Um, Are they gonna call up what's his face? Who's what's his face? Um, yeah, Jackson Chorio. It looks like they may have to because Sal Freilich, the kind of other heir apparent outfielder, had finger surgery earlier this week, and he's out six to eight weeks. I'd call up Torrio. Chorizo. Are you serial, uh, brother? What is this, Gerch? Miguel Cabrera with an infield single. Yeah, that's that's ugly. I don't like that. <laughs> He's. I'm surprised he's not like in a walker to get down to first base. Did, but did they give him anything for his? Or is this not the last time? Tomorrow's last game. Tomorrow's last game. Um. So I. Think, I didn't know if he was not gonna or they had another series with Detroit. Uh, they would not at home. So if they do something, it'd probably be tomorrow. But do something for what? Miguel Cabrera is one of like the all-time greats. Right? Oh. Um. One Three thousand hits, five hundred home runs, and six hundred doubles. Yeah. He's one of only three players to ever do it. Holy Toledo. He's pretty good. Okay. Um, tr- the first Triple Crown winner, which is home runs average, and is that the hits total? No, RBIs. Oh, RBIs. He won the MVP, took it away from Mike Trout uh, one of those years in the AL for hitting the first Triple Crown, I think, since like the 50s or the 40s. Yeah, Ted Williams. Yeah. So, very special player. Um, ancient history at this point, and just had an infield single on the does anybody see that sunday bundle 59 bucks four tickets four hot dogs four sodas plus porking porking what a deal porking 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 you pork my core (laughs) porking (laughs) that is a hell of a deal that Uh, is a good deal i was gonna say but how much are these sodas they're Uh probably like the little ones that you can like take two sips of and yeah then go fill with water that's a good point but Brewers still uh, looking right. pretty good overall. They're riding the struggle bus right now. They are riding the struggle bus. Lots of injuries. Uh, Eric like... Lauer had a blister on his finger tonight. Only pitched three Aww. innings. Okay, you get paid all these millions of dollars, and you can't pitch as you had a blister on your finger? I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying he got lit the fuck up. He did. I'm he, just saying like a blister bad. really makes you... Like, in the major leagues, a blister really makes you suck that bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's not the first one. Like, that's a very common... Like, there's pitchers that will go on the injured list for 10 days because of a blister because they can't grip the seams. Mm-hmm. That's the look on Shauna's face of just, like, really? That's stupid. I don't disagree with you. I'm just telling you what's what. Okay. But also, the I mean, the amount... If you really think about it, though, the amount of, like, RPMs they have on their pitches rivals a car engine. If you, if you really get into the science of it. RPMs. Revolutions permitted on their pitches. Oh. Yeah, but it's also a ball this big compared to a car. I don't disagree with you. I'm big. just telling you, like, that scientifically, it's yeah, similar. Sci- scientifically, yeah. I'm not even going to go there. Let's hear it, Sean. What do you got? What do you got? Let's make Eric continue to feel bad about himself. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Sean's a car guy. He would know. I'm not a car guy. He's a truck guy. Truck guy. Truck guy. But I think we can talk. Yes, the Brewers are in a little bit of a a slump, if you will. A spring slump. 
Um, they're hitting some dog days of of end of April. Of April. Um, That's scary to say. But the, we can say the acquisition of William Contreras has been a very big one right now. It really has been. And He's been by, the only guy that's been consistent so far. By no means, this. I mean, this game individually is not over. Um, I don't think they're too, too far gone. No. I mean, even if they lose to at least three straight games, they're still well over 500. Um, and in second place in their own division, the Pirates are bound for a collapse, especially with no O'Neill Cruz. So they're still fifteen and eight as of right now. If they lose tonight, it'd be fifteen and nine. If they do win, it'd be sixteen and eight. Not a bad spot to be. No. Um. I mean, you look at the rest of the division. The Cubs are twelve and nine. The Cardinals are nine and fourteen, and the Reds are kind of true to form at eight and fifteen. So what are the Pirates? Uh, sixteen and seven. Wow. 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 So still one of the better teams in the National League if you look around the league. Um, really only the Atlanta Braves are also 15 and eight. So really that's your only kind of upper level in that same conversation. The Arizona Diamondbacks are 13 and 11 leading the West. So still in a pretty good overall position about a month into the season up until this weekend, it has been a very fun team to watch. I can, I know we talked about that pretty heavily last week. I love watching these, some of these younger guys kind of figure it out and, I wish we could have seen, seen Sal Freilich with the Garrett Mitchell injury. Well, I wish the Garrett Mitchell injury didn't happen. But right. If it did have to happen, it would have been nice to see Sal Freilich at this point and kind of take advantage of that. But Who here knows, we are. Might be, might be seeing Jackson Churio, So That would be... I saw him at the Timber Rattler Stadium, so it would be cool to see him at the... I've seen the trees do the, do the sausage races. <laughs> <laughs> No, not the same. Not the same guy. I don't think that's different the same guy. guy. Different guy. <laughs> different guy. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, now we got to get back on track. Yeah. Looking to Milwaukee's other team going on. Probably oh, even more geez, disappointing. Oh man, I am. Um, the Bucks are down in this series to the Heat. The first round, one versus eight seed, three to one. So if they lose again, are they Dunzo? Yep. They'd be Dunzo. They play <gasps> tomorrow night in Milwaukee. Game five in oh. Milwaukee. Dear. They have to win three straight to move on. You yeah, think they so can do it? So it's Milwaukee, Miami, then Milwaukee again, right? Correct. Okay. Um, Giannis is back and healthy. I don't think you can count on Jimmy Butler having another 50-some-odd point game. But we said that after game one where the Heat shot like 60% from the field right. and, and whatnot. They just seem to have Milwaukee's number in the playoffs. and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was uh, talking to one of my friends who listened to the episode today from last week who was talking about how much it just hurts to go back and listen to, oh, yeah, I don't think the Bucks need Giannis nope. to win this series. Right. And, um, we saw just a shit show effort from Drew Bledsoe. Or Drew Bledsoe. Drew, Bledsoe, <laughs> Drew Holiday. <laughs> I got confused with Eric Bledsoe, who was the guard before. Uh, Drew Holiday. And... Uh, <laughs> God, Drew, I suck. Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Um, <sighs> and just once again, you know, you look, we look back at 2021 when they won the championship. I recall two different playoff series calling for uh, Coach Boonholzer's job. Right? I remember that. Right. And he was a, Eric was a crabby guy. What else I, is new? I really Not think much. that if the Bucks lose this, it's going to happen, especially yeah. with Nick Nurse being available. Right. Um, Anything short of a championship, I think, kicks into the curb. Yes. 
Um, it's been just a struggle to watch this playoff series kind of go through. Again, you can kind of excuse losing game one when Giannis goes down. You can kind of excuse losing game three. There's no excuse for losing game four. What so, the heck happened last night? Last night um, before? Yeah, because didn't they lose game by four, 25? In game four? Yeah. No. Uh, game four. Or was that three? Uh, game three, they did lose by a decent chunk. I, so I it was Saturday exact. night, wasn't it? Yes. What, whatever the one was where that the Miami Heat player, or they were up by like 25 and then they blew a 24. What, what they, they were up by 11, I okay, think. Okay, well, whatever. And then they went, Miami went on like a 25 to 8 run. They had two 40 plus point quarters in last night's game. Just stupid. And, uh, just a real, a real bummer. Um, I guess it's typical Wisconsin sports right now. It's it gonna really happen. Is. Heartbreaking. Yep. The hearts are breaking. I would rather have them break in like a championship game. Though that's kind of our custom too. That's true. We, Time for, we well, usually we, we made the playoffs. Yeah, we're the number one seed. This is like 2011 Packers or. I mean, uh, it just sucks. Like I mean, Giannis had a 20 in some last mm-hmm. night. Brooke had a career high in the playoffs, but. Let, um, Holiday, again. Holiday <laughs> and uh, Middleton were just not to be seen. Right. You think that this would happen to us? You know, this happens to us how many times that our hearts would be prepared for it, but it hurts every no, the, time. This is what we've been waiting all year for. It was for Bucks playoff basketball. and No, I know, but I'm saying the, the prepping for the losing. No, I know. I know. <laughs> but I'm just... just Every year we just wait till the playoffs. Oh, oh, we don't have to worry till the playoffs, anything like that. But now we're to the playoffs, and we're still... and now we're worried. Yeah, you know, and I think the worst part is that guy looks like Rowdy. He does. Um, I think the worst part that really just kind of sucks as a fan or you know whatever is looking at where this team should be. Well, this was a deep team. This team should have had no qualms getting through this first round and really making a run towards the Eastern Conference Championship and if not the NBA Finals. On paper, you've got one of the best defenders of the guard position in Drew Holiday. You've got Giannis, who's an MVP candidate every year. You've got Brooke Lopez, who's having an NBA Defensive Player of the Year type season. Chris Middleton's a year-in, year-out all-star. You have potential six-man-of-the-year type guy in Bobby Portis. You bring in Jay Crowder. You have solid guards and Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen off the bench. You're getting, you know, good minutes from West Matthews and you bring in like a Myers Leonard and some of these other guys they bring in throughout the year and just seemingly falling flat once again. So what happened? Is it coaching? Is it players? Is it? They just look stale. They look, yep. they don't look crisp. They don't, they're not making shots, they're not moving the ball, it's playing a lot of isolation ball and settling for bad shots. <laughs> I think Deionis injury at the start at the. I put I think it put them in a hole that they did. couldn't be in and uh, losing game three or and not even really contending in game three was a big you know again to be kind of to be expected you know you go back to Miami for that first game of the series mm-hmm. you kind of you can kind of on paper expect to lose that but game four was a game that you need to have and now you have to win three in a row right it's doable. Right. I mean, on paper, it's doable. 
Um, again, I don't think you get another 56-point effort out of Jimmy Butler. I don't think the rest of the team shoots 60% again, but... We said that last week, though. We said that last week, and we've said it before about the Bucks in the playoffs, where it takes a Herculean effort to do it, and then, then they do it. Right. So... So, wait and see. See what next week brings. See what tomorrow night brings. By the time this episode... Or by the time uh, we record and this drops, we'll have game day tomorrow, and we'll see how the season goes. Will they be going into the NBA, or NFL draft either very happy and... You know, only down 3-2. Or the Bucks season will be over going to the NFL draft. And it's truly Brewers-Packers time. Which leads us into our Packers conversation. And this week, a major trade going down with the Green Bay Packers involved. Bringing an official end to the Aaron Rodgers era in Woo! Green Bay. Are you, are you really that happy? Yes, I'm so done with Aaron Rodgers. That's not kind. You're not kind. Ooh, Ooh. she's got you. Ooh. Ooh. So the Packers uh, do get the, they swap first round picks, which I, as mentioned, I don't mm-hmm. like. Um, They get the Jets first second round pick. So they'll pick 42nd. They'll go to the normal pick 45. They get tw- this year's sixth round pick from the Jets. And they do pick up a conditional first or second round pick for next year's draft. If Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of snaps, I know we had hinted and talked about um, Sean not liking the trade for the compensation side of things. I'm also kind of in that same boat where I would have rather preferred to not get that pick swap. Would you like to hear what I think? (laughs) Can I guess what you think? What? I don't care as long as he's gone. Ding dong, Aaron Rodgers is gone. <laughs> I would have, I would have uh, traded him for Case Miller Light and a Starbucks gift card that had five bucks on it. You couldn't even get a drink from Starbucks, though. I could get something. Cake I don't pop? even care. Cake pop? I probably could get a cake pop. Sean's more of a lemon loaf type girl. I am, and I probably could have got that. I got. <laughs> It's lemon bread with some nice little frosting on top. Oh my god, it's the best. I'm not usually like a lemon food so, kind of person. That's actually it's really good. You're horrible. Thanks. <laughs> That's why I was like, come back. <laughs> Anyways, ding dong, the bitch is gone. <laughs> I am elated. This is probably the last time we get to talk about Aaron Rodgers on this show. That's not true. Yeah, we right. have a whole we season. Have, we have Eric. <laughs> I know. Uh Shout out to Aaron Rodgers for just a very heartwarming post that he had in his Aww. goodbye to Green Bay. Oh, think he's think he's gonna have a rummage sale? Probably not. I think I it's like a once so. in a. I think that's a once in a lifetime Eddie Lacy type thing. Why? Just don't expect it. Aaron Rodgers is not a man of the people. He true. won't. He would never do that. That's true. What do you think his house is gonna go off for? Cause he's got a house in Green Bay, right? Yeah, he's got it out in Swamico. What's it gonna go for? A lot. Probably. Seven billion because he's again not a man of the people. Considering what like a Mon Green's house for sale is out here in Ledgeview, which is in my neighborhood. Considering what that house is going for, I can you only could, imagine. You could afford that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like a five or six million dollar house. Yeah, you could afford that. We wouldn't be able to eat. We'd be real skinny. Maybe that's a our diet plan <laughs> for the wedding. Let's buy a Mon Green's house. Buy a Mon- well, if we're going to buy a Packers house, I'm buying Aaron Rodgers' house. I'm not buying a Mon Green's house. Okay. Why? 
What's wrong with the mine green sauce? Nothing's wrong with it, but if I'm going to go for it, I want an all-time NFL great, not just an all-time Packers great. Oh, oh gosh. Just saying. He does say at the end of his... Uh, I'm going to unfollow him on Instagram, too. This is great. Uh, he does say in his Instagram post, it's not the end for us, and he will see us again. Yeah, when they retire his number, when he goes in the Hall of Fame. Are, are we retiring Jordy's number, or are we just, he's just getting in the Packer Hall of Fame? Probably just a pack. I don't think you can retire 87. I don't think he... To be honest with you, that kind of goes back to our whole conversation we've had on the show about the Hall of Very Good versus the Hall of Fame. Right. I don't know if he's quite in that conversation. <laughs> I think because the Packers only have, what, six numbers retired? I have no idea. It's three, one. 15, one, four, four, 66, and 92. Uh, they don't even have Paul Horning's number retired. Yeah, I don't True. think they're going to. And you're thinking they're going to retire Aaron Rodgers. Guaranteed. They're not going to retire 12. He did one one thing. Won four MVPs, (laughs) set numerous NFL records, won a Super Bowl, was a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, one Super Bowl. COVID survivor. Oh, Oh, jeez. Survived survived the darkness. Whack job. He can be a whack job all you want. Whack job. He's still getting the 12 retired. There's no no doubt about it. I'm... We're just arguing with you just to argue with you. I know you are, but I'm just I'm just keeping things in perspective. He's just here. reaffirming what right. he already knows. Yeah. Keeping things in perspective. Maybe you should get Aaron Rodgers' face tattooed on you. I think Aaron Rodgers' face on your ass. Yes. I think my mom would be really upset with that. I and really his do. mouth could Why? never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you gonna go with that, Shauna? Is that his mouth could be your his your his your <laughs> his, yeah, his your, what his mouth could be your butthole because all he does is spew shit. Yeah, perfect. I like it. You educate people. <laughs> you said that sentence. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm off the clock. That's true as well. My, my brain only has to be on the clock. While I'm in my school building, that's that's fair. I will not concede that. So, but as mentioned, that does get the Packers the 13th pick, which kind of puts you in a position of being kind of having a lot more flexibility in where you end up or who you end up taking. Uh, as mentioned, we do have an awesome conversation with Mason Sprangers to talk about the NFL draft coming up, and with that, we'll talk about that here with Mason. Joining us for the first time in the calendar year of 2023, but hopefully not the last, Sean and I are glad to be brought or partnered with here. Uh, Mason Sprangers, our scouting expert. Mason, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, guys. How you guys been? It's been a while. It has been. It's been too long, quite frankly. Yeah, 100%. First and foremost, I do want to just give one more thank you to the four plays of Sprangs, all of the 2022-23 season. It was awesome to have you along with us and giving a whole different angle to our fans and to our listeners and just to the general world of TikTok, Instagram um, on on breaking down plays. So thank you so much for joining us on that. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on that. It was uh, it was fun to be able to provide that for for you guys and uh, your listening audience. And, and like you said, just a lot of people from 
who knows where i mean you know there were a couple of weeks where you sent me you know the, the some of the videos like on tiktok had thousands and thousands of views so that was pretty pretty cool so um i was i was glad to do that for you guys yeah absolutely so to start with mason i've got to address the elephant in the room with uh the last 24 30ish hours of being a packer fan um it's been a little bit bittersweet obviously i'm sure so I'm going to ask you your uh, your thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers era coming to an official end in Green Bay. Yeah, uh, first thought, obviously, it's just a, a sad, sad day. Um, I think for anyone who's a Packer fan or um, you know, just really anyone in the, the state of Wisconsin, the city of Green Bay, um, he did so much for the organization, uh, for the team. And, um, you know, I have I have so many thoughts on it. Obviously, we talked about it a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I think when I was first on, uh, that was the year that the Packers actually drafted Jordan Love. And kind of hate to say it, or I don't want to come across as like to my own horror or anything, but I kind of called it at the time where, um, you know, they, they kind of had a succession plan and they were going to try to, I think they were going to end up forcing him out the door at some point. And that's, what happened um you know whether you know people have so many different opinions on this people think okay well the packers uh forced them out or the packers you know kind of had their hands tied with what aaron wanted to do um you know the writing was on the wall for for years um now about how this was going to end and it was going to end you know on the packers timeline and really if it they had their choice it would have ended a couple of years ago um you know the, the packers plan was to draft jordan love have him sit behind aaron for 2020 and they were going to try to either you know possibly trade aaron or cut ties with him after 2020 but the way that aaron played in 2020 2021 prolonged his time here uh the team that took the field last year just wasn't up to par from a talent standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, uh, wasn't the standard that gets used to that, you know, Packers are used to. And, you know, they took the chance to cut ties with them right now. And, you know, obviously everyone has their opinions on it, but I think if you listen to kind of the cryptic messages uh, from Packers front office, uh, it's kind of clear that the the Packers are the ones that really ended this thing and wanted to go a different direction. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you there. And so do you, I guess my question, do you think they got enough for your MVP quarterback? Or would you have liked to see something a little bit different? It's on, It's so hard to say because, you know, there aren't, throughout history, there aren't a ton of, players who are you know 39 going on 40 who have won two mvps in the last three years um so you know you it's i think it's and i think part of what possibly you know drug the process out as far as getting a trade done was it, it was kind of a balancing act right where you know, you have a guy who has won two MVPs in the last three years, but you also have a guy who's 39 years old, um, who maybe has three to four years left, depending on how long he wants to play. Um, you know, honestly, 
just looking at it, I think the the swap of the first round picks was kind of inevitable. Um, Gudikins talked about at the the league meeting that that wasn't a necessary part of getting the trade done. But you know, if you just look at the value chart of of picks, you know, you know, people may look at it as only it's it's only two picks, but you know, the the value from fifteen to thirteen uh, in the draft is important. So it was good for them to get that. They pick up a second rounder. Uh, they get uh, a six rounder and they have a second for next year, which could potentially become a first. So you, know, you look at it, they have, they're going to end up having, I believe six picks in the first two rounds between this year and next year. So they're, they're in a good spot from a draft capital standpoint. Um, it allowed them to, you know, add talent to the roster or it'll allow them to move around. Um, if they end up wanting to trade up for somebody at some point, um, they'll definitely have the capital to do that. Um, honestly, as, as hard as it is to see Aaron go, and I think it's a, you know, a sad day for the organization. Uh, ultimately, if that was the deal that they were going to make, um, I do think that they, they got, you know, a good, good value for it. All right, Mason, before we kind of move on to this year's draft, the, the the reason that we have you on every year, but for this part of the season anyway, um, I just want to ask, I'm, since, I mean, we've, we've, you are very public in your thoughts on Jordan Love and, and the pick at the time and as he's progressed and we've talked preseason last year, we really didn't have a whole lot of chance to talk about the one game we really saw, quote unquote, meaningful snaps from him against Philadelphia. So kind of going from preseason of last year to where we stand current as of today with Jordan Love being the heir apparent at quarterback, where do you think he stands? Has he developed well enough where you think the confidence should be there for the 2023 season or where are you at on him? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, so much of it just comes down to how Matt LaFleur calls the offense and and I say that to anyone that watched the the four plays uh, videos throughout the course of this last season, I was extremely critical of Matt LaFleur and his play calling um, when it came to play action and the play action pass from both under center and shotgun. And when you look at the sample that Jordan Love really had last year, the, the large sample size was from that Philadelphia game. Uh, when he came in in the second half and you look at some of the play calls that, you know, Matt LaFleur dished up for uh, Jordan Love. And, you know, you look at the touchdown to to Christian Watson, uh, the, the long one that they had, it was such a simple play. You know, it was made so simple for Jordan Love. All he, you know, they fake an outside zone to the left, prevents the pass rush from coming up field takes a handoff, turns around, plants his foot, and all he has to do is plant his foot and fire, and you know, Watson is wide open because the linebackers have vacated that center part of the field. Um, so if the if the offense gets back to that play-action game where it takes a lot of the pressure off your quarterback from not having to worry about the pass rush, and the play-action pass also opens up your receivers um, downfield. Just the, the action gets guys looking at the wrong spots uh, defensively. Um, so, you know, if they, if they run more of that, 
it's conceivable that Jordan Love could, you know, have some success in his first year as a starter. But I honestly just don't have faith that LaFleur is going to stick to that just based on what I've seen tendency wise from 2021 and now 2022 also. Um, it's been so much shotgun. And with that, as a quarterback, you really have to be disciplined with your eyes. You have to feel the rush. And those are things that I don't think Jordan Love has done a great job at um, during his stints of action that he's had. Um, you know, if he feels pressure, his eyes can drop. It gets him off possible open targets downfield. Uh, there's mechanical things as far as uh, footwork. He had a huge leg, uh, leg whip with his front leg where, you know, that front leg isn't really stepping at the target, uh, kind of gets your your balance um, off kiltered as a quarterback. Um, shoulder setting wise, you know, you'd like to see the shoulders um, kind of flat as a tabletop. You know, you don't want one shoulder up high and one down low. Um, you know, that seemed to improve a little bit. So there are mechanical things that, I still think he needs to develop um, a lot of them, I think cause some of the accuracy issues that you see, but when he's playing in rhythm, like he did on the play I mentioned to Watson in that Philadelphia game, uh, he can be successful. So I think so much of it really comes down to the play calling of Matt LaFleur. All right. With that, Mason, we look at the team that's going to be around Jordan love in 2023 in 2024 season for that matter. So I know, you know, kind of talking to you, setting this interview up a um, little bit of a different off season for you, not as much of the draft prep per se, more looking at free agency and team needs. So just kind of going with that first for the Packers, what are some of the biggest team needs going into this coming season? Yeah, they're in a really, really strange position. Um, one that honestly, during, during my time, I really haven't, come across where you know they they do have a number of free agents that played a heavy snap load last year um you know by this time usually if you haven't re-signed a guy they've signed elsewhere but that's just that's not the case for the Packers so you know for instance Adrian Amos you know he played 95 percent of the defensive snaps last year and he's still sitting there as a as a free agent Packers haven't re-signed him uh, he hasn't signed elsewhere uh, it was clear from uh, Brian Gutekunst and his comments the other day that it doesn't seem like the Packers are going to re-sign him. So that's a huge amount of snaps to replace. I mean, 95% of the snaps. Um, and you look offensively then too. Um, you know, Alan Lazard, you know, played 79% of the snaps. He's the only receiver that played over 50% of the snaps last year. So you got to replace those snaps. Uh, Robert Tunyon's the only tight end that played over 50% of the snaps last year. You got to replace those snaps. Um, Dean Lowry played 50% of the snaps. You got to replace those. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of different ways that they could go as far as their team building. And, you know, they have a lot of snaps to replace um, more than I can remember in recent history. Um, you know, you look at, some of the other positions defensively also like Dean Lowry uh, played 50% of the snaps. Um, Preston Smith's the only guy that played over 50% of the snaps from an edge rusher perspective. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of 
holes per se uh, on the roster that they, they didn't necessarily fill uh, in free agency. So it'll be interesting to see what they do um, and where they kind of value their picks uh, in the draft coming up. And then if they you know try to find anybody that's still on the street uh, free agency wise. Um, I guess I have a question here for you. Do you, do you think we're going to go, since we don't have a real backup quarterback, do you think we're going to go veteran off the street or you think we're going to take one in the draft? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I've seen that kind of tossed around uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, you have two quarterbacks in the room currently with Jordan Love and Danny Etling, uh, both really young guys. Um, so, you know, I, I can see it both ways. Uh, it, you know, if there's a, if there's a kid sitting in the draft that, that they like, I could maybe see them uh, doing that. Uh, I think there's too many holes on the roster currently to justify spending a first, second, third round pick on a quarterback. Um, you know, especially when you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so I, I honestly think veteran would be the way to go. Um, you know, a guy that's, you know, been through the ringer that's been, you know, in the heat of battle that knows how to prepare uh, Monday through Saturday for the upcoming game. You know, having a guy like that in Jordan Love's ear um, could be extremely beneficial. Um, someone just to learn from. Obviously, he learned a ton from Aaron over the past few years, but having that veteran mentor in the room. Uh, to not only help prepare for the upcoming game, but then to break down, you know, the tape from the p- past game and uh, go through corrections and and learning opportunities, I think would be very beneficial. So if I if I was in the position of making the decision, I would definitely lean towards a, a veteran quarterback in the room. Is there any names that you'd want to throw out there, Mason, that are still free agents that could be financially feasible? Yeah, I mean, you know, the some of the names that you've seen, I mean, uh, Carson Wentz, uh, Matt Ryan are, are guys. I mean, you know, with, with the position that they're in with Jordan Love right now, you don't expect, obviously, you never expect the, the backup quarterback to, to come in and have to play. Um, but, you know, I think a, a guy like Matt Ryan, uh, I'm not sure what, type of money he would you know demand or or gain you know financially but um you know a guy who has played in a super bowl has played in big playoff games he's a past mvp of the league uh having a guy like that in jordan love's ear uh could be extremely beneficial for his uh development moving forward uh another name that i seen was ryan Tannehill. what what do you think about a guy like that? I mean, that might be a, more of a trade or I think, isn't it? Or um, Yeah, it's 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 hard to know honestly what's going on with the quarterback situation um in uh in Tennessee right now. Um you know, there's a lot of reports and it was kind of obvious last year that they don't have a lot of uh confidence in uh, Malik Willis. Obviously, they brought in uh you know, Dobbs off the street and he ended up starting for them like four days later uh, and over Willis. So I'm not sure if they're willing to part with him at that, at this time. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's another guy who's, 
you know, he's been around for a long time. Um, you know, obviously, you know, not, not quite the age of, of a Matt Ryan, but, um, so he's a little bit younger, so that may cost more financially. Um, but you know, honestly, like, like, like anything else, nothing really surprised me, uh, with anything in the league. So if, you know, they were wanting to part ways with, uh, Ryan Tannehill, you know, it could be a, a decent option. I'm just not sure what the financial aspect of that would look like. All right, Mason, just real quick while we're still on the subject of quarterbacks. Uh, again, I know I'm not going to try to put you on, on a ledge here, but I know that you, um, you know, you haven't necessarily had the draft prep that you've had in past years, but I'm, I'm going to hold you to it a little bit here. Uh, last year, I know that we had talked about how there wasn't really a true number one quarterback in last year's draft. And a lot of teams are kind of tanking for this upcoming season and this coming draft uh, and the guys like CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, et cetera. So with that in mind, I mean, we have quite a few projected quarterbacks for the first round. Um, again, you know, just kind of looking at it at a very broad lens instead of the, you know, the in-depth look that you usually would have. What, where are you thinking on the, the quarterback fits for the first round of the draft this year? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, obviously, Carolina acquired the first overall pick. So, you know, it's pretty, pretty clear that they're going to pick a quarterback. It just kind of boils down to which one uh, they prefer. Um, you know, Houston sitting there at two and from a lot of the stuff that um, I've heard in conversation is that they're not really crazy about any of the quarterbacks in this class. Um, so they could possibly, you know, depending on, you know, how quarterback hungry uh, teams are up there, uh, they could possibly be looking to trade out. Um, otherwise, I think they would take Will Anderson at two. Um, but, you know, between, you know, it's between Stroud and, um, young in my opinion uh, as far as the the top quarterback in the class i think you know it kind of comes down to what team is value and that's why there's at least for me not like a clear-cut number one because you look at bryce young and you know teams may have certain parameters and measurables that they look for at a quarterback so bryce young you know he's only 5 10 200 pounds where you look at cj stroud and he's 6'3, 215 so you know, from a from a stature and build standpoint, and maybe a, a durability uh, standpoint, you know, teams may look at C.J. Stroud just due to the the height and the weight uh, factor that that he brings to the table. Where you know Bryce Young, you know, he could be taking a lot of hits, and you know, you're in your five ten, two hundred pounds, and you're getting hit by guys that are six six, two fifty plus. You know, you have some durability concerns uh, for sure. Uh, if you if you select Bryce Young um, over Stroud, but um, honestly, I don't think you can go wrong with either quarterback. Uh, there's you know some obviously some strengths. There's weaknesses to each as there is with any quarterback prospect. Um, I don't think they're as strong as like the clear cut you know number one quarterbacks we've seen in the past few years, like uh, like a Trevor Lawrence or a Joe Burrow. Um, but you know, I think those two are going to be the top two that come off the board from a quarterback perspective. And just kind of going with it again, I, I, I know, you know, again, not having the big board this year, we're probably going to see four, maybe even five quarterbacks in the first round. Is that kind of the belief in the, the, you know, the read around the league that 
those are true first round guys or is it just such a quarterback driven league that it's kind of a necessity at this point plus that fifth year option being the big bonus yeah i think it's it's interesting because i think the the draft overall and um is is a, a deep one has been the conversation that you know there's several positions that have a lot of depth in them um so that could possibly you know lower the amount of quarterbacks that are picked in the first round like you go to last year you know quarterback is you know to your point is it is a quarterback driven league and that's such a sought after position you know you need that guy to you know to be successful in the league but you know you go to last year and there was only one taken in the first round um so you know it's not necessarily a fact that oh well you know there's five you know solid quarterbacks that does you know that doesn't necessarily mean that five are going to go in the first round um but when you look at you know young and stroud you know they're going to come off the board early that could potentially force the hand of some of these other teams to um you know, spend their first round pick on, on a quarterback. So, you know, like I said, it kind of just all depends on, you know, what teams value, um, you know, Houston is in need of a quarterback, you know, they don't really have like that franchise guy, but, you know, from conversation of what I've heard, you know, Houston, you know, isn't really, you know, sold on any of the quarterbacks in this class and they'd maybe rather wait for Caleb Williams coming out of USC next year. So, you know, it, it really is an unknown, but you know, there's those two are going to go off the board early and it kind of just depends, you know, how the board falls after that. Uh, do you, here's another one for you. Do you think uh, teams are going to look at the quarterback position a little bit different with how well Brock Purdy played this year, getting a guy that late in the draft and maybe looking for something a little bit different than taking quarterback in the first round and maybe waiting for one of these other guys? Or you think that was just kind of a, a flash of the pan type perfect fit. Yeah. Perfect fit. Perfect scenario idea for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's more of that than anything. Um, You know, and you've, you've seen guys throughout the course of history, you know, that don't go, you know, in the first round, um, you know, there's guys in the league like Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson, you know, Brady obviously was a, a six round pick. Um, so, you know, ultimately it, it's always in, like I touched on with, you know, Jordan Love earlier, you know, so much of his success, I believe is dependent on how Matt LaFleur calls the offense. And it's really the same with, with anybody, um, you know, Purdy went into a, a really good situation with a really good team. Offensive line was great. They added, um, you know, the most dynamic, um, you know, one of, if not the most dynamic playmaker in the league in Christian McCaffrey, um, weapons on the outside, uh, a top three tight end in the league and Kittle. So he went into a really good situation and, you know, not to mention probably the best play caller, uh, one of, if not the best play caller uh, in Shanahan also, so he went into a really good situation. Um, so really, I think it, it all comes down to just how teams view a guy. So, you know, if teams, you know, if a team like, let's just say Carolina, for example, or let's say, let's say Houston, you know, they're sitting there with the second overall pick, you know, if they're not sold on, you know, spending their second, you know, their, their first pick in the draft on, one of the top quarterbacks, you know, and they maybe see, you know, some traits uh, in a guy where they maybe have a fourth to fifth round grade on them. 
then then yeah, maybe maybe they take the best available player uh, on their board at two, and they wait until the fourth and fifth round and get a guy that they can maybe develop. And you know, if you put him in there, maybe he can do what Brock Purdy did last year. So. Honestly, it all just comes down to how teams view specific prospects and how teams feel that they can fit what they're doing offensively. All right, Mason, switching gears, going back to Green Bay here, uh, looking at some of the bigger needs. I think, you know, you you mentioned earlier talking about um, the snaps needing to kind of fill in for Adrian Amos. And Packers did sign a safety in the offseason very quietly, um, especially with the timing considering the Aaron Rodgers news mm-hmm. when he appeared in the Pat McAfee show, but Packers do did have a safety that comes in uh, to various more, any kind of word on him that you can kind of see, or is that still a pretty big need uh, the Packers need to address early on in this draft? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's still a need um, with him. A lot of the, the snaps that he took were, you know, a lot of special team snaps uh, for, for the most part. Um, haven't got a chance to really watch uh, film on him at, at any point. Um, but, you know, you take a guy who's a team captain like Adrian Amos, a guy that played 95% of the snaps, just really reliable, um, you know, just from a, an availability standpoint. Um, so, you know, you pair that with, you know, what is what is the team going to do with Darnell Savage? You know, that's a, that's another point to, to bring up, too. So it's not only, you know, 95% of the snaps went to Adrian Amos. You know, Darnell Savage played 80% of the snaps, but, you know, they had him on the bench for, you know, a considerable part of the season last year and like that mid part of the year until he finally got back into a game and he made a couple plays, um, you know, as it got later in the year. So, you know, you may be looking to fill his spot at some point, you know, if they're not set on re-signing him um, at some point. So honestly, that's, that's still a, a big need really the, the, the secondary as a whole, you know, you had Jair um, who had a, a solid year with Rasul, Eric Stokes uh, got hurt. Uh, Nixon came in and played some snaps. Rudy Ford came in late in the year and played some snaps um, but you know, that bulk, you know, the bulk of the snaps from anybody in the secondary was Adrian Amos and you have to replace that. Um, so whether that's, you know, an additional free agent, uh, that's potentially out there or at some point in the draft, I think it's still something that needs to be addressed. All right. And Mason, the only other free agent the Packers bring in from off the street, if you will, not one of their own guys was, I don't even know how the hell to pronounce this, Matt Orzek, the long snapper from the Rams. I don't suppose you have any breakdown of Matt Orzek, do you? I don't know. You know, there's, <laughs> uh, as far as, you know, long snappers, and I've, you know, uh, scouted a few of them uh, over the years, you know, it all that just comes down to your snap placement, how fast you're getting the ball back. Um you know, both in punt situation and then in field goal, extra point. And then uh, really you look at the, obviously the ability to block and hold up. Uh, and then the the speed and ability to make tackles in field when running down and covering on, on punt coverage. Um, so no, I haven't, uh, haven't seen uh, anything on him. Um, but, you know, as far as, uh, as far as long snappers go, man, they've they've had a, a carousel of long snappers uh, over the past few years uh, here in Green Bay. So, 
Um, if this guy can come in and you know, bring some stability to that unit, I'm I'm all for it. All right, Mason. So just kind of looking at the rest of the free agent signings thus far, and we'll uh, obviously I think we can say pretty safely that the highest impact is probably going to be Keyshawn Nixon bringing him back. But uh, from the other guys that they bring back in, you have Tyler Davis, Corey Ballantyne, uh, Rudy Ford, and um, Justin Hollins and Eric Wilson and Dallin Levitt. So a handful of guys there that they do bring back uh, a lot of special team snaps in there. As- again, aside from Keyshawn Nixon, probably the, the highest recognizable name, maybe Rudy Ford as well. Who do you think of that group was the most must sign and, and the Packers did a great job bringing back in? Yeah. The, the name I look at is uh, Justin Hollins for sure. Um, you know, they brought him in late last year from the Rams and uh, I had scouted him, I want to say the year prior, and I liked some of the things that I saw um, and on tape. And, you know, last year for the Packers, he only played 12% of the snaps uh, defensively, which makes sense because he was only there for a few weeks at the end of the season. But um, I thought he did, you know, some really good things. Uh, he was able to collapse the pocket. So when his speed rush didn't win around the edge. He was able to convert speed to power and, you know, collapse the pocket. Um, you know, if you can't get there, at least uh, push the tight end or push the tackle back into the quarterback's lap, um, create some extra pressure on the quarterback. Um, thought he played the run pretty well, was able to lock out and hold the edge. Um, so, you know, with kind of the depth that you need at that edge position, uh, obviously, you know, Preston Smith has been there. Uh, Rashawn Gary obviously blew his knee out. He's not going to be back for the start of the season. Uh, Kingsley Enigbare, you know, I thought had a, a really good rookie year. I, you know, look for him to take that second year step. But, you know, for the edge rotation, I think you really need a true five guys. And I think, you know, um, Justin Hollins is a, is a good piece of that. I would still look for them to potentially add another uh, piece um, to that room in the draft, just based on the talent that is in the edge class this year. Um, but I think Justin Hollins was a, was a good um, signing to bring him back, especially at the price. Was it surprising to you? And granted, we know the Packers financial struggles the last handful of years. Uh, against the cap, we know that this year has been a little bit better, all things considered. But is it surprising to you that the Packers haven't done more in free agency to this point? Honestly, no. Just with the the financial situation that they kind of put themselves in, honestly, um, it's it wasn't really surprising uh, that they didn't do more. Um, obviously, kind of waiting to find out the financial aspects of, you know, this trade uh, involving Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, it's still, still not crystal clear as far as what happens with his money. Uh, it's my understanding um, just based on, you know, the, the little bit I know about the, the salary cap and that, that, you know, it's going to be about a quarter of the salary cap this year for the Packers. That's going to be dead money. Um, so, 25% of the salary cap is going to be paid to players that aren't going to be playing on the team this year, which is um, crazy to think about. But, um, you know, 
some of the the signings that they've done um signing Aaron to that extension a couple of years ago especially you know last offseason when they were end up cutting ties with him now at this point uh I think limited them even further and they've been pushing money out year after year after year on several players um so no it's not really surprising that they haven't done much just with the financial situation that they're in Look, looking at this roster too are there any names between or like that we would like to watch between now and the preseason oh that's a great question um you know i honestly it's it, honestly at this point i think it just comes down to some of those rookies making the jump into the second year so um Devontae wyatt on the d line you know um Reed and Lowry are both not there uh, any longer. You know, Reed played 68% of the snaps. Lowry played about 50% of the snaps. So there's a lot of snaps replaced on the defensive line also. Um, so, you know, can Wyatt, you know, first round pick last year, can he take that step? Um, you know, I thought he showed some flashes later in the year of what he's capable of doing. Uh, can he take that step and, you know, be more of a more rotational part of that defensive line? You know, last year he played 20% of the snaps, where this coming year he may have to play 60 to 70% of the snaps. Uh, so can he take that jump and you know, be a, a key part of that defensive line group uh, remains to be seen. And then you go to the offensive side of the football, too, with obviously the receivers with Dobbs and Watson and Toure. Um, you know, maybe Zach Tom gets involved in the offensive line somewhere, you know, this, it's, it's so much is dependent on can those um, rookies from last year make that second year jump. So really, I think that's where the success of the team is really going to lie. Just looking at the roster right now is, you know, does Christian Watson you know, really transform and take off and continue to ascend to that true number one receiving option? That remains to be seen. Um, like I said, you know, with Wyatt on the D line, um, you know, yeah, you got to be able to to defend the run, and they got ran on uh, in a number of games, you know, in the middle to late portions of last season. Um, so that's that's a key contributor, also. So really, I can't. I'm not just going to give one name, but really, it's just those those rookies from last year, and if they can make that jump uh, from year one to year two. All right, Mason, before we move on to the draft itself for the Packers, just kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum, I know that, you know, with how the contracts work and, and the cap and whatnot, is there any names that we could still see cut from this team after June, that June, that imaginary June 1st deadline or before between now and the start of the regular season that you could kind of say, hey, this would make sense to maybe move on from this contract? Honestly, there's there's really none that that stand out. Um you know, and, and so much of that is is dependent on the draft, right? So if they if they hit on a couple picks or if they think that they're going to hit on a couple picks um, at a certain position, then, okay, and then, then, yeah, maybe they would say, okay, well, we, we trust that these two rookies that we draft are going to come in and do a, a good job and be able to handle the snap count. Uh, we can move on from this guy and save ourselves some money. Um, I could see that uh, if that situation arose. I don't necessarily see that happening um you know in years past there was kind of that guy or maybe two guys on the team where you're like yeah well you know maybe that could happen but this year i just really don't see that uh as the roster currently stands all right one more free agency question i lied i had one more 
Yeah. How did Tyler Davis get re-signed? Like what? What on earth? And I know that you're a film guy, so you're you, maybe you have something here. But what on earth is the film on Tyler Davis that indicates that he's someone worth signing a contract to? Like I, I have no hate for the guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's an upstanding citizen. I'm sure he's beloved in the locker room with his teammates and his tight end group. But what the hell? <laughs> I gotta ask. Yeah. Um. Great question. He uh, he played like 15% of the snaps last year, so uh, you know didn't didn't get a lot of of you know time on the field. I think the the most snaps that he played in one game was 21, and uh, that was really early in the season. Uh, you look at a lot of the the stats, or just far as like the the composite scores and player movement and stuff like that. Um, I think his his run blocking is really poor, um, you know, from a, uh, analytical standpoint, you know, he ranked, you know, in the bottom five of 115 tight ends in the league. So from a, a run blocking standpoint and even a, a pass blocking standpoint, you know, there, there wasn't, uh, there's not a ton there. Um, he did play a lot of snaps from a special teams perspective. So we've already seen, a lot of investment with the obviously the re-signing Nixon, re-signing Levitt. Um, they are heavily invested in special teams and you know continuing the upward trend of that unit. So that could have been a big reason for the signing, also. Um, but but yeah, I don't have a, a clear cut uh, yes or no answer as far as should he have been re-signed or shouldn't he have. But uh, yeah, there's there's not a ton to go off of with him. He was, you know, he was targeted seven times last year. He caught four balls, um, you know, registered one explosive play. So I mean, they they could potentially see some tools there, to perhaps work with. But you know, again, you know, Robert Tunyon's not there, and Mercedes Lewis, you know, he's a free agent. He hasn't been resigned yet. So you know, maybe they're just looking for some continuity in that room of guys that have been in there and that know the system. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the Packers do at the, at the tight end position as we, uh, as we get into this weekend. All right, Mason, that's a perfect uh, transition here into the draft. And again, you know, I, I know you're not a prediction guy, so I'm not going to make you make one unless you really want to at the end here, but um, Packers draft, they do have a ton of picks coming, um, especially a bunch in that first, you know, three in the first 45, which has really been kind of rare for us. You know, we usually were drafting at 28, 29, 30, 26. So with having that draft capital and kind of looking at the team needs of those first three picks, assuming no trades, which very well, you know, we know Gudikins likes to make trades down or he tries to trade back in the first round or even a trade up possibly if, you know, the right guy is sitting there at, say, 10 of those top three picks, is there any urgent priority that you think the team needs to build on with yeah, those three picks? Yeah, it's it's such a hard question just because, you know, like I've kind of talked about already is that there's there's a lot of needs on the roster currently. Um, you know, it it's it's so dependent on really what they want to accomplish as an offensive unit so you know in in again in my four plays this year I, I was critical of the lack of use from the tight end position you know they were used in motion a lot they were uh, lead blockers in the run game 
kind of more decoys than anything in a lot of the passing concepts. So, you know, if they want to commit to using a tight end more often and use him as that true, you know, seam guy, that guy that can stretch the, the middle of the field, then, yeah, then tight end is an absolute need on the roster. Um, but, you know, I've had conversations with several people and it's like, as it currently stands and how the offensive ran last year, you know, they just didn't really utilize a tight end how a tight end is typically utilized. So if you're not going to use a tight end the way that they should be used, and I'm talking the play action rollouts, um, the running the seam, working the middle of the soft zones, you know, if you're not going to utilize that, then it doesn't really warrant spending, you know, a first round pick or maybe even a second round pick. Um, so, you know, if they're going to commit to using a tight end the way it should be, he should be used uh, in the offense. And you saw flashes of that in uh, 2020 uh, when, when Tunyon had his kind of breakout year, then yeah, I'm all for taking a tight end early. So I would say tight ends, a big need. Um, you know, I want to say receiver, you know, obviously they drafted three, three last year and they have a bunch of snaps to replace from Alan Lazard, but I still truly think that you need like that veteran in the room. Cause right now, you know, you look at the, the receiving roster, who's going to lead that room, you know, the, you know, in years past, you know, for a, over a decade now, you know, nearly two decades, you know, you had a Donald driver in the room then you had a Greg Jennings, you had James Jones, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devonte Adams. Um, you don't even have a Randall Cobb in there anymore, you know, um, as it currently stands. So who's really in there to take charge of that room um, obviously receiver, I think the more playmakers you put around Jordan love obviously doesn't hurt. Um, but I truly do think that, you know, they need a, a veteran voice in there and I don't know what that answer is. I'm not sure if there are really any options that fit them financially or from a schematic standpoint that would even, um, fill that role for them right now. Um, but I would definitely look at that. Um, I look at just the roster as a whole there. I think they're set at running back. I think they're set uh, across offensive line. I'm sure they'll end up drafting for depth on the O-line at some point as they usually do, but that will probably be later in the draft. And, um, you know, with that third one that you asked about, I would look kind of at the edge position or safety, depending on, um, what they value more and, you know, what they feel the best player available is obviously, like I talked about already, a ton of snaps replaced at the safety position, but, um, like I touched on too, there's, there's a lot of depth and a lot of talent in that edge room this year too. So if they could add, uh, a piece to that room to pair with Preston Smith, and then obviously you're going to get Rashawn Gary back at some point, you know, if you could create a solid, you know, three to five man rotation in that edge group, uh, that would be uh, extremely beneficial uh, for the for the defense also. We're trying to work something out here. I was trying to give Sean some <laughs> some room to speak, but he, he had nothing off the top. So um, kind of looking at that, Mason, and, you know, a lot of high end value in this draft, you know, you look at that receiver position, you look at the tight end is kind of those two of those bigger needs. And then we can talk about Aaron Rodgers. Do you think 
the front office has any concept of not or purposely drafting a skill position player after not drafting one for the entirety of Aaron Rodgers' career. Yeah, it's funny. I, I saw someone uh, someone say something about that, and uh, it would be uh, very much a slap in the face, in my opinion, if uh, you know they they trade away the best player that the franchise has ever had, and then they finally uh, you know put a put a high quality uh, draft pick in place on the offensive side uh, of the football. So you know that that is a possibility that that does happen, but you know it wouldn't. Uh, I guarantee it wouldn't be out of spite or anything from the Packers front office. You know, they're going to end up drafting whoever they think is the best fit and whoever they think is the best available at that point. Uh, but it would be extremely ironic if that happens, uh, you know, what, four days after, you know, they trade away Aaron. All right, Mason. So again, I know you're not a prediction guy, so uh, I'll try to take this as easy as I can on you as, as much as I want to, but Looking at some of those those top end guys, uh, you know, a lot of people looking at Jackson Smith and Jigba, and prior to that, Dalton Kincaid had kind of been named, and Michael Mayer, uh, the tight end out of Notre Dame. Just any kind of quick breakdown you have on some of those names that the Packers could be looking at if they do go skill position offensively in that early pick. Yeah, so uh, Smith and Jigba has been a very, very, very popular name um, at 15. So now the Packers are up to 13. I'm sure it's going to be a very popular name, even more so. Um, to be quite honest, you know, I I watched some of him and compared him to some of the top tier receivers that you've seen come out in the first round in the past, you know, past few years. So. Um, you know, comparatively to Garrett Wilson last year, Chris Olave, uh, Johan Dotson, uh, Jamison Williams, uh, you, you know, over the past few years, Justin Jefferson, you know, guys like that. Uh, I don't see Smith and Jigba even close to that category at all. Um, you know, we, if I'm comparing him to receivers that have come out in the first round the past couple of years, I don't think it's even comparable. Um you know, you, you look at him and no doubt there are t tools to work with, with him. So I'm, I don't want to just, you know, seem like I'm, I'm Reagan on the guy at all, but um, you know, he's six one one ninety five. So at that size, you're kind of looking at a primarily slot receiver. Um, he's a guy that does not have the long speed to really take the top off the defense. Um uh, so if you're looking for a guy that can go in the slot and really stretch the field vertically, I don't necessarily see him having that. And then you go to his underneath and he just really doesn't have that wiggle at the break point. Um, I think he's really top heavy and balance has balance issues getting into the break point, which limits his ability to get out of the break point. Um, so you know, if you're if you're not necessarily winning within the route in the short to intermediate areas and you can't really take the top off the field uh, vertically from a deep perspective, I have serious questions about your effectiveness uh, and your ability to produce as a receiver. Now, granted, he ended 2021 on one of the hottest streaks that a college receiver has ever been on. I mean, he 
you know, averaged 200 yards per game his last few games in 2021. And then, you know, you pair all the things that I mentioned concern wise with the fact that he was hurt all last season. Um, you know, I just, I don't know if it's worth the, the risk, um, you know, he's kind of what, you know, you call a boom or bust prospect where, you know, he could absolutely explode and be a fantastic receiver in the league for years to come. Or those concerns that I mentioned, as far as not being able to separate underneath or really take the top off, you know, those issues could come to light um, and he could, he could be that bust prospect. So um, really, really hard to, to say with him personally, I, wouldn't touch him in the first round, uh, especially if I'm picking 13, like the Packers are. Um, that's just my opinion. That's obviously everyone views a, a prospect differently, but um, that's how I would see uh, Smith and Jigba. Sean, uh, going with the draft here, do you let's go with the whole draft. Do you have any can't miss prospects that you have this year that you you're thinking about? Well, you you kind of you kind of touched on one with a name um, earlier, uh, Dalton Kincaid, and that's another name that's kind of been you know possibly brought up. Um, you know, I think he's one of the better tight end prospects that has come around in uh, quite a few years. I think he's uh, he's very comparable to a like a Zach Ertz or Mark Andrews uh, type. Um, great size, you know, six four, two fifty. Um, he's that true receiving tight end. And you know, what I talked about earlier, where the Packers haven't really been utilizing their tight ends to stretch the middle of the field and on their play action rollouts and, and things like that. He's a guy that can do that. Um, I think he's a you know, premium stretch the field guy who's a fluid route runner, his athleticism, his change of direction. Uh, his suddenness throughout the route is really, really good. Uh, his ability to get his body into position to kind of shield defenders uh, at the catch point and win a lot of those 50-50 uh, contested balls, I think is really, really good. Um, where you lack with him and really the only thing that is missing with him is really that inline blocking as a run blocker. Um, you know, His blocking skills aren't quite up to par with some of the other tight end prospects that have come out and even that are in this draft like he's not the strongest uh blocker in the draft by any means but um you know you look at the team and i'm just you know focused on the packers perspective right now you know one of the best things you could do i think is really have that security blanket uh for jordan love you know you have a tight end a big guy working in the middle of the field that catches the football uh in contested situations can work those zones um has the athleticism to really be a true stretch the field defender uh, i think that's a guy that the packers definitely couldn't go wrong with and from what i've seen on him um there's a lot to like with him for sure so just looking at the receiver position specifically, then is there not necessarily at 13, but is there any can't miss guys that you can kind of think off the top of my, off your head or kind of a dream fit for the Packers based on need? Honestly, just, you know, if I'm looking at those top, you know, three picks, so, you know, the 13th pick and then what 42 and 45, um, you know, the, the receiver class, I just don't personally think is, 
what it has been in the past, you know, couple of years, like last year's was just absolutely loaded in my opinion. And then there was the year that Jefferson came out that was loaded as well. Um, but there, there's not that like clear number one and number two and number three, in my opinion. Um, like I said, you know, Smith and Jigba, there's potential boom bust, um, you know, he's a boom bust type prospect. Quentin Johnson from TCU is another guy. Obviously he's a big, big target, um, that has some limitations athletically also. Um, God, it's just, I don't know. There's, there's just not that clear, clear cut number one guy, in my opinion. Um, Jordan Addison, USC, Zay Flowers, Boston College, um, Josh Downs, North Carolina. Like it's, it's a solid group, but there's not like that top, those three guys, like, you know, last year, for instance, you know, you had a number of trades that took place in a row where guys, you know, teams are jumping up to get, you know, Chris Olave and jump up to get Jameson Williams. I just don't see that happening this year. So um, it'll be really interesting to see if the Packers, you know, see value in any of those guys at pick 13. I personally don't think that they will, um, but will they could prove me wrong on Thursday night. All right, Mason, here's the ultimate time. I'm going to ask. You don't have to answer. I have a feeling I already know the answer. Do you have a pick for 13? I, re- I really don't. I'm not, I'm not, a, uh, not necessarily a, a prediction guy by any means. Um, like I said, and you know, like I've said with just the holes that they have on their roster, it's, it's harder this year, I think, to tell where they could possibly go more than any other year just because you see kind of the glaring holes, whether it be at safety or at edge or at receiver or at tight end, you know, conceivably they could try to fill any of those. Right. Um, so really it comes down to what they value. Um, if they have a player that they like, that they think that they could not get later in, in the draft, um, they may pull the trigger at 13. Um, obviously, if 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 part of the trade was to move from 15 to 13 my thought is they have to have somebody in mind that they that they have their eye on that they would feel comfortable picking um in that position so whether that's a tight end whether that's a receiver whether it's an edge guy um we don't really know um but you know obviously like i've talked about there's a number of glaring holes tight end kind of seems to be the biggest one Um, so if I had to just choose a position, I would say, look for tight end, even though they historically don't really have like a huge first round value. You don't see a ton of tight ends, uh, picked in the first round, um, over the years, you know, I can think of a few, um, off my head, like Pitts and Hawkinson and Fant, um, you know, just those are names that come off my, come off, come to mind from the past few years, but, um, you know, there's a number of really good options at tight end, whether it's Kincaid or whether it's Meyer, whether it's Washington. Um, like I said, Kincaid, I think is the best um, receiver or the best tight end for what the Packers are needing right now. And that's really that, you know, security blanket receiving option for Jordan Love. So um, not going to make a prediction, but that was kind of, that's kind of the the best option in in my eyes. 
All right. I know we didn't touch on a whole lot defensively. Um, the secondary, I know probably, and, and as you mentioned, edge rusher is one of those kind of bigger needs that you can kind of are more likely to probably fill in late rounds or early middle rounds um, from based on mock drafts and, and whatnot. But just kind of if they were to go defensively towards, you know, at 13 or in that upper, you know, those first 45, is there anybody kind of looking at that you can kind of give it that route defensively? Yeah. Um, you know, just looking from a safety perspective, um, you know, Brian Branch, Alabama, um, you know, he's going to probably be the first safety off the board. Uh, Antonio Johnson from A&M, uh, Sidney Brown from Illinois, Jordan Battle from Alabama. So I think there's a number of guys that'll go, um, you know, in the first two rounds. Um where they'll fall, obviously, safety's kind of been an odd position too, from a, a value perspective. Um, haven't seen a ton of safeties drafted very high, um, but you know, like I've like I said, also a little bit earlier, that edge position kind of seems to be a really deep position this year. Uh, I think Will Anderson is going to go top five. Uh, he's from Alabama. Uh, you look at Miles Murphy from Clemson, um, Tyree Wilson from uh, Texas Tech, Sm- Nolan Smith from Georgia. Um, you know, there's there's a number of guys who I think are going to go pretty high, but I think overall it's a very deep position where they could find value in the second or third round. Um, so really, like, like always, it kind of just depends on how the Packers have their boards stacked and if – you know, they see a player sitting there that, um, you know, is on, on their board as the best available, or if they find good value with one of them, they could definitely pull the trigger. But those are definitely names at each of those positions to, to maybe keep an eye on in those uh, first couple of days. All right, Mason. So just to wrap up here, thank you so much for joining us again, as you have so frequently throughout the existence of this show. How are you spending the next couple of days of draft week? Well, um, you know, tr- maybe try to catch up on, uh, you know, a few, uh, few film things, uh, you know, especially now that the Packers are picking a little bit higher even, and they have a, uh, an additional uh, couple picks now. Uh, maybe interesting just to maybe take a little bit deeper of a dive into potential players that they could get. Uh, I'll pair that with um, watching some Stanley Cup playoff hockey, and wishing I was on a golf course also. So there's a lot going on. (laughs) All right, Mason. Thank you so much for joining us. Loved having you on as always. And we look forward to your thoughts on the players that the Packers actually pick. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for always having me on. Uh, It's always good to come on and talk ball with you guys. Excellent stuff with Mason. As always, the dude is next level insightful. Love talking to him on the show. I'm gracious for the time that he always gives us. We talked to him for an hour and a half tonight. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. It didn't feel that long. No, it really didn't. Until I looked down, I was like, oh, shit, it's 8 o'clock. Right. Um, so just kind of wrapping up here, you know, we, we do have to pick, make a pick at 13. The Packers, he really I, talked me out of Jack. Yeah, I think, I think he talked us both out of it. <laughs> I, was, I was real sold on him from everything I had read. He's, you know, very comparable to Jarvis Landry. He fits a need at that slot receiver. Uh, that Packers really don't have right now. I'm, I'm 
aside from Samari Torre, which if you think that's the answer, I mean, by all means, he's not a bad player. We saw flashes of it this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had tell you why he did sell me on Dalton Kincaid even more. Yeah. So, so that's that's the pick I I feel like we should go with. So I know he didn't make a prediction, but th- this was another thing that we should ask them too: is if if we should should have got a guy for Bakhtiari, like a I, like a replacement, right? I think that has to be part so, of your strategy. There's so many, but do we take a take one in the first round? No, I think there's guys who are available second, third round that you can very much, very realistically get without having to move right. too much. Um, because I, I, you know. He talked about how throughout this draft, there's not really a, a number one true prospect. You know, the quarterback is probably going to go number one because of how the position goes. Right. But there's not even like that. That can't miss that prospect. Jake Long or right. whoever that you can't miss at the line. Or there's not an Eric Fisher from when he was drafted by. Yeah. He's spelled C. But there's not one of those kind of guys. There's not. A linebacker. There's not a safety. There's not anything. No. Um, Slim pickings. I mean, it's a very a lot of very deep. It's, classes. it's a very deep draft, but there's not really one guy that sticks out where that's a for sure. You know, like a Trevor Lawrence or right. Andrew Luck or even a Miles Garrett. Guy. Right. Exactly. So, <laughs> I think my official pick would probably be. Don Kincaid at this moment. I think Miles Murphy's a very interesting name, as is Brian Branch as well. Mm-hmm. Those two names they go defensively. Yeah. If they're on the board, but But I could also see him trading that that number thirteen for an edge rusher or a safety or something along those lines too. Like an NFL one? Yeah. Uh, the financials are real tough though. That's the only problem, especially because we don't really know the fallout of the Aaron Rodgers contract situation. Right. That's the only thing that I would say I I would kind of have a hold up on. Um, I could also see them trading down to say 17. And it's a very popular, you know, if you kind of run some of these mock drafts out there, it's a very possible spot to be picking at. But, and still kind of get your pick of guys. Then why would they have trade? Why would they have wanted to swap picks? That that's the only, if, if they're looking to trade down right away, what's the point of swapping picks? I think that second round pick is a big part of it. And I think because that's the way to get the deal done. I, I think know. is what it comes down to on that front. Because I, I don't think the Jets were going to give up 13 outright. And I think that's kind of the reality of the situation. I do agree with you, is if you're going to trade down from right. 13 to 17, why? You know, why not just keep 15? But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you on that. Right. It makes no no sense in my head. But I could very much see it happening. I, that's just it's the a way. Very, it's a very Packers thing. It really would be. I, I, you know, I've been running a lot of mock drafts in the last week or so, and some of them just really allow you to be very true to Brian Gutekind's form and pick like a guard that mm-hmm. they don't really need in the first round, and then move down and and take a should... inside linebacker that they're like the one position we have depth at. Right. Go get a, like an inside linebacker, and then take Bijan Robinson and have three three headed monster at running back, a, a kicker in the third round. I could see being very good against him. Right. Um, I could also see the Packers. You know, one thing I'm kind of glad we touched on was 
if there was a quarterback later, if that, you know, if that is the option, or if you go with like a Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz type um, backup. And I, I do like that. I, I think that's the route that I would go. Mm-hmm. Not only does it kind of, if either love would be not what you expect, or if he gets hurt, you can kind of still stay in contention, if you will, if that's your goal. Um, We're going to have Kirk Cousins next year. <laughs> I would hate existence. <laughs> you think I'm mad now? <laughs> If Kirk Cousins becomes the quarterback of the Packers, I might take a year You want to know what the guys at work said today? I would love to know what the guys at work said today. So we were talking about the trade and everything like that, and they're like, so next year Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Minnesota Vikings? That's what I said, too. Just so that he can beat every single team in the NFL? Imagine he joins the Vikings, but then loses to the Packers. (laughs) I think it would be a Bears quarterback. I think that makes more sense. Lions. The Lions would be awesome. Right? I would be a huge Lions fan for a year or two. <laughs> I really would. Especially if Kirk Cousins are freaking quarterback. I'd be so pissed. That'd be perfect. That that, that, that would... might be enough to, like I said, I'd probably take a year off being a Packers fan. I really would. Or we'll go get Russell Wilson. That might convince me to come back. That would? Just badger. With how he looked last year? He's still a badger. So you want Scott Tolzien? Joel Stave? I miss Scott Tolzien. Joel Stave. You know, I, I do got to say, though, just kind of shifting gears back to the Packers would draft a quarterback. Um, obviously, I think the, the fun one would be like a third round pick of, if he's there, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Would he get a hooker? Hooker. Would be an option, but. No, my my thing is. That's in Bennett. That's, that's exactly where I was going to go. I feel like that's going to be your guy in the fifth sixth round that makes too much sense to pass on right a la matt flynn uh, exactly i mean you literally have a national champion it's almost the same story mm. national championship winning quarterback in like the seventh i mean he was, matt flynn was drafted in the seventh round but yep. you're probably getting bennett in the sixth round fifth round what an awesome opportunity that would be right and then you could still, I mean, you can keep Danny Etling around. He's played for the Patriots 10 times, it seems like. Yes. If you read his Wikipedia page in his five years, he's been in the NFL. But all in all, I, I think it'd be really, that's the route I would go if you're yep, going to draft a quarterback. I still think the the best option for the Packers this season would be probably Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan makes a lot of sense. And I don't think he's going to ask that much salary-wise. I don't think he'd come here, though. That's That's... That's the only thing. I feel like for some reason he wants to play, even though there's really no place that would work for him. I, feel- I think he would have already signed then if that's the case. I think he would have been. Cause I'm guessing his phone rang. Oh, of course already. it did. I'm sure. Well, his agent's phone, but yeah, I'm sure that that phone rang a couple months, you know, about a month ago or whatever, whenever free agency opened. And because you can't tell me that Sam Darnold going to the 49ers or Baker Mayfield to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that you're not at least kind of putting that effort into call Matt Ryan, a guy who's been an MVP um, that you can get pretty cheap. I'm guessing. Cause I, I like I said, I don't think he's going to be too much over the vet minimum this year. No. If he plays. Yeah. The only he... thing I could see is if he goes back to Atlanta to be a backup for That'd be the other thing I could see for um, the hell's his name. Rattler. Yes. No. No, no, no. Riddler. Riddler. That doesn't sound no. right either. Rattler. Spencer Rattler. He's still in college. 
Isn't he? Des, it's uh, oh Desmond Ritter. Desmond yes. Ritter. We were both off, <laughs> but very close. Um. So yeah, I I could see that being a case too, just to kind of finish in Atlanta. But I I but I feel like you we're gonna draft a fifth or sixth round guy, and I think that's gonna be our backup. You know who else would be? I've seen kind of floated around. Another college football playoff quarterback, Max Duggan, TCU. I could see that being an option of just an athlete that you can't pass up Mm -hmm. on at that point. And kind of what the, well, what the then Redskins now commanders did with RG three and Kirk cousins. Right. And I mean, it ended up working out pretty well for Kirk cousins while Mm -hmm. we're talking, you know, full circle with our conversation. Right. Um, I still don't want him on our freaking team. I'd be so pissed. I'd be so pissed. Cause I'm sure he, his agent would rob us more blind than he did the Vikings. I don't know. He stole that. so much money from the Vikings. Yeah, but he's made the Vikings money. I guess. Kind of. Um, just hypothetically floating out there, Sean. I, I got to ask because, you know, when we the mock drafts that we've been doing, it's all been from Pro Football Network. Uh-huh. Um, we'll have some more coming out in the next couple of days. But I have had proposed trades of both Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler. I've just only had Dalvin Cook. I've had Austin Eckler, and it's tempting not to push the button on that and, Do you, and make that pick. I don't think you have the financials for it. Okay. So, Theoret, would you trade Aaron Jones for draft picks right now? I'm going to say this with a caveat. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm taking a cop-out answer. I think if what this, happens with this draft tells you a lot of where the Packers think Jordan Love is and where they think this organization is. Right. And what I say by that is if they go skill players in those, you know, one of those first or two of the probably two of those first three picks, mm-hmm. depending on where they feel the need, you know, who's on the board at 13 and who's on the board at 42, whatever. But if they go, you know, a lot of mock drafts have receiver, tight end safety as those top three picks and any whichever order you want to go. Yep. If they go that route. I think they believe in Jordan Love and that they are contending to get a playoff spot this year, which I think is very realistic. They're in a very wide open NFC Mm -hmm. as of right now, especially after the um, suspensions that came out from the Lions with all their skill players that got suspended for gambling through the 2023 season. I think you're in a position where the NFC North is very open. The Vikings are taking a step back, both losing presumably losing cook um you know we know we have on paper that he's going to be moved and cut if he doesn't get traded they've already lost Thielen, which was a big building block of that organization yes did, they have hawkinson Thielen, he's with the panthers oh he did sign with the panthers um yes you still have tj hawkinson yes you have justin jefferson who's one of the most incredible athletes in the last probably 5 years of drafts but at the same time, you have an agent, Kirk Cousins, on a bad contract. Yeah, but You're, he's only one more year. Right. And you have a, a defense that you keep kind of pushing down the line of, mm-hmm. of aging as well. So that Vikings team, I think, is going downwards. I think Chicago is going upwards, but I don't think they're quite in that same conversation. The Packers, a month ago, were the longest shot odds to win the NFC North. As of this weekend... The Packers are the second best odds to win the NFC North. 
and I can say this because it is actually legal. I put some money down this weekend. Packers future bet plus 300 to win the division. It's a long shot. Well, it's not a true long shot. So, mm-hmm. again, you're you're plus money, so you're technically an underdog. But the Lions are still plus 140. The Packers are 300. The Vikings are plus 350. And the Chicago Bears are plus 400. So oh. you have a very close division, all things considered. So I think if they go that route, I don't think you're trading Aaron Jones. That's the, to answer your question, I think you, you kind of go all in. Yep. You go... A receiver, probably second round after talking to Mason. Mm-hmm. Um, you go tight end in the first round, and then you probably go safety with one of those two second round picks. Um, I don't think you go Brian Branch because I don't think he's there at the pick 13. I think that'd be a reach at 13. Brian Branch? I would agree. Um, so so that's why I'm thinking. I that... think you go Kincaid. I think you go 42. You probably take one of your receivers, You know, depending on who's on the board. And at 45, I really like Sidney Brown out of Illinois. I was saying the same thing. Um, so that's and I you maybe even dial, double down on tight end if you you know depending on that dude right. from Georgia who's massive. Right, Mercedes Lewis 2.0. Um, I could very much see a Kincaid, the Darnell Wright, Daryl no Dar Daryl Washington. Yep. Darnell, Darnell Wright's the uh, tackle out of Tennessee. Um, but I could very much see the Washington Kincaid combination at tight end being in that same conversation of like an Ertz and um Goddard Goddard Hernandez and Gronkowski really I had to the deadly combination really I had it was one of the most dynamic tight end combinations in the last 20 years terrible off-field consequences but still and I could say I have to say allegedly I don't want to get sued by the Hernandez uh um estate but i can't believe you went there i can i say that all the time but anywho just kind of putting a bow on this shauna who do you think the packers take pick 13 (laughs) i don't know i honestly i don't know one player Sean, I think you and I are both in agreement. Kincaid. I, yeah, I think Kincaid. All right, let's put a bow on this episode and finish off with what we are rooting for in the upcoming week. Sean, you want to double down on Bucks? Yep. Go Bucks. Sean, what do you got for us? I'm just excited for the draft. That's where I'm going to go. I'm going to double down on that as well. Uh, no bar of the week, mostly because I don't can't think of one that we haven't done and haven't been to any recently and we sleepy that's true too it's getting late <laughs> thank you so much for listening episode 112 is in the books also be sure to check out the episode with mason in a couple days when we talk about the year of a scout thanks again to him joining us for justin ramsey not here sean sean and myself we're out see you bye bye